Alrighty, it's a new bonus episode. Uh, this is Tyler, and I am here with one of the most outstanding people I've ever met. We met at <laughs> we met at Comic Con last year. No, two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, we met in uh, 2017. Yeah, 2017. And um, you are a wonderful person. Somebody who works Aww. harder than me, which I don't really know anybody else who works as you know harder than me. Um, no, I, I see what you do. You work like insane hours. No, you're like an, you're like an insane man. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're the one. I'm, you're just. I'm just like, hey, when are you free for a, a uh, an interview? And you're like, a- any time from eight to two. And I'm just like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, you realize who, eight, eight at night till two in the morning now, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, oh my god. I'm glad to see all your success going on. Oh, thank you. You too. But but uh, but for our listeners, who are you? Who? What? Uh, you, well, what do you do? Um, where am I? Um, my, I'm Lenny Schwartz. <laughs> Sorry, my just, it's it's twelve. It's where he is. It's uh, it's actually twelve, almost twelve thirty here. So oh my gosh, that's yeah. When, that's when my hearing starts to go. So sorry. Um, yeah, my name is Lenny Schwartz. I'm a playwright, uh, screenwriter, um, banker, uh, and uh, this all around uh, graphic novelist. Now, I guess I guess you would call it. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so things are good. How are you guys? How are you, Lenny Schwartz you're, you're from Rhode per- Island? <laughs> <laughs> you're a professional <laughs> geek, and that's amazing. I, I'm I'm doing yes. I'm doing well. I'm a little tired, you know. We we have a lot of content coming out this month, but it, it it's it's great because I get to talk to people that I love very dearly, like you. Yeah, you're like Aww. one of my favorite people. I I always love and uh, miss seeing you. I'm so glad I get to see you every Comic Con. But yeah, um, every time we every time we meet, it's like it's like this whole world comes crash <laughs> comes crashing around us. It's amazing. I know. It's beautiful. It, away from the you know the ocean comes up. And the ins- like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the insanity just brings both. It just brings both coasts to one. To one place, like exactly. <laughs> in harmony, <laughs> but um, but like Lenny, what are you working on? I there, there's somebody who's really prolific and one of my biggest heroes ever, oh, and you're writing you. a you, you're that. writing a play about them. Um, yeah, so well, Steve Ditko. Um, the idea actually came about in 2016, and I kind of I wrote the script and I kind of sat on it for two years. Yeah, and I just kind of want to make sure that things get you know went the way they did, um, and. Finally, last year, I you know I said you know cause I'm constantly doing content, always doing a play, always have like I do like two or three shows a year basically. But um, Ditko is really one of my heroes. I mean, you know, if you're if you're a Spider-Man guy and you're a uh, you know yeah. you know Marvel guy, you know Spider-Man was my hero growing up. You know, when I was as far as like being like when I was like seven years old, I collected Spider-Man. Yeah. And every every kid, especially growing up, I mean, you were we're I think we're roughly the same age, but you you look a hell. I don't know why you look like like twenty years younger. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Oh my god! Um, but Wait, yeah, how, how, you know, how old are you? I'm forty two. How old are you? I'm thirty. Oh Jesus! Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> that might be why you look ten years younger than me. <laughs> we're about the same age. Yeah, I sound like an, I sound like, I sound like a, you know I don't want to swear on your show. So oh, you, you um, can swear all you want. This is your oh, hour. I sound like an a hole. I'm like yeah, we're about the same age. You're like yeah, we're about decades apart. But it, it's okay. Well, <laughs> I, I act like a twelve year old. So no, I act like a fifteen year old. So that's the way it goes. Um, but um, but no, Steve Ditko was. I mean, Spider Man is Steve Ditko. Like everything yeah. that came from it was him. And um, you know, the, there were there's been a lot of um. There was a lot of him in that. I loved his art. Like I saw the, that art, and I just fell in love with them. You know, those first thirty-eight Spider-Mans are an amazing fantasy. Are just incredible. Yeah. And that's it's like a time capsule. Uh, and I love everything else he's done too. Like Mister Ray, I liked. I like. You know, I like the question. 
Yeah, but the, for me, Steve Ditko. The, the, the question, Dick- and the question is my favorite comic book character. Oh, me too. I, I mean, one, well, one of mine. I would say one yeah. of my top ten. I would and say. I also and, love the Creeper so much. Oh, the Creeper is amazing, and you, yeah. you know, you look at these, you look at his design work and what he's done and everything like that. You just look at it, and it's just. It's incredible, and um, I wanted to know who this guy was because I'm, I, I'm like many other comic fans, wanted to figure out who Steve Ditko was. Yeah. And um, he's a very reclusive guy, and I was trying to gather all the information I kind of could from all different sources. Um, and I actually, um, someone told me, we'll write him a letter, and so I, he'll respond. And I actually do have two Ditko letters in my house, oh, which I will not my share. God. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, he is, but he was... Um, He's he was amazing. Like I mean, he he wanted his privacy, and um and that was one of the things that I was like, well, do I write a play about somebody who was just wants to be private and wants to do all these things, you know, and it doesn't want the public eye. And he was everyone called the J.D. Salinger of comics, and I said, well, you know, I think that the problem is if you ask any person who's not a comic fan like you and me, um you 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 ask them and said, well, you know, who created Spider Man? Everyone's gonna say Stanley. Yeah. Every, if you find people are going to find him on the street and say Stan Lee, and to me that just seems inherently wrong. I mean, it's a couple of years ago I did a play about Bill Finger. I was the, just about um, I was just about to say it reminds me of something yeah. else. But um, I actually have some questions about that, but I'll ask you later. Sure, guess whatever you like. I'm an open book, and I'm up till two. Two <laughs> thirty. Um, but uh, the uh, but but the, the the Steve Dicto play was you know it's even a bigger thing because Stan Lee is no matter what you'll say he's a great ambassador of comics. Yeah. So everyone will look at him and say, hey, you know what, Stan Lee created this guy. You know when Stan Lee died. You know, you listed all these people. Where was Jack Kirby? You know, and where yeah, was Steve yeah. Ditko? Where were where were those guys? And I'm not saying that you know, you know that Stan Lee was out there trying to be villainous about it. Like I do think that Bob Kane with the Batman thing, I think that was more of a villainous story. Yeah. But I just think that people don't know Steve Ditko because he's outside the spotlight. And even Stan Lee to us to to his, you know always believed that Stan Lee created Spider-Man, but that's simply not the case because yep. Stan Lee's not an artist. And it comes into the, the debate of who, what writers do and what artists do. Yeah. You wouldn't have that image of Spider-Man or Doctor Strange. You wouldn't have it without Ditko. And, um, it's very, very, very true. Yeah, you wouldn't have it like that. But what we know of Spider-Man, the way we see him and perceive him, even down as Peter Parker. Peter Parker is, is Steve Ditko from his life. If you look at what, what he's, what you know, who he is, a thin rail guy in like high school, you know, wasn't very popular. That's all Ditko. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's that that permeated pop culture, and it still does. Um, you know, people are fighting about, you know, um, the new, I think the, the, the latest thing in the last two weeks is Sony uh, and Marvel and all these things. I mean, they're fighting about a Steve Ditko character, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's you know, everyone, you know that's but it's mass, true. That's mass as a Stan Lee character. <laughs> yeah, well, like mass as a Stan Lee. But, I mean, Stan Lee, and, and one, of my, one of my colleagues actually said, he said, you know, I can accept if it's fifty percent Stanley, fifty percent Ditko. Yeah. And I think I think even Ditko, but even Ditko to his dying day, and that's what the play explores, is that you know he put himself into Spider Man, he put himself into these things, and these things lasted, and he was just forgotten about almost by the masses. Even like you know, but the people who knew of him, he was friendly to. He was, yeah. but he was, but he was also a very mysterious figure and. I wanted to bring out that. It's um, it was probably one of the most difficult plays I've ever written, but one of the most rewarding. I don't think I've, I only, I think I've read everything he's probably ever drawn wow. or whatever. And it's, I mean, like I'm talking, like I track stuff down, you wouldn't believe, and well, just I, people. 
What was that? Oh, I'm sorry. No, sorry. So how many plays have you written uh, that have been um, produced? Gosh, I would say I do about two or three a year uh, since 1999. So oh, probably my somewhere gosh. in the realm of – somewhere around like 60 productions, I'd say, at the very least, over and, the last like – And these are <laughs> full plays. These are full full length. Full plays, stuff that I've written and directed basically. And, and some of them I've revived, so probably a little less than that. I mean yeah. like full plays I've probably done around like 30 or like, like 35, 40, I think. Um, but I, I love the work of it. That's where, you know, I'm sure if I have something to say in a play, I'll write it. I can't, I have to do it no matter what. When, so I just, I love doing theater. I love yeah. doing plays. And I've, I mean, I've written other plays and a couple of years ago, I never really was, I was doing more comedies and more like, you know, some serious stuff here and there. But in 2011, I did my first biographical show. I was obsessed with Buster Keaton. Oh, um, that, yes. And I wrote a play about Buster Keaton, and then I started doing one a year after that. I did one like uh, Buster Keaton and Marx Brothers and Lucille Ball. <gasps> wait, 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 wait. And... You, wait, you did the Marx, the Marx Brothers? Yeah, I'll send it to you, yeah. Oh, please, for the love of God, I have no idea how obsessed I am. Um, Duck Soup is my yeah. fourth favorite film of all time, and I have, I would say, I have Coconuts. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, Night of the Opera, uh, Duck Soup. Uh, horse yep. feathers. I have like all those memorized. I even have like this. Uh, not here. It's in a storage unit. I have a. I have a Marx. I have a uh, Groucho like a uh, marionette mm -hmm. figure. That's like my dad got me when I was a kid. I've been obsessed with them since I was around eight eight oh, years old. Man. We had a guy who did Groucho perfectly. Oh. Um, so Ryan Hanley, I'll send you pictures. Oh please. When he was Groucho, he was he had the grease paint on. It was amazing. And yeah, if I need that so script too. Oh my gosh, that would be yeah, amazing. I'll send that to you. I'll and cry. Uh, that was so. Then we did the Lucille Ball play. Did a play about uh, Charles Schultz. Um, oh, and that's I cool. It was it was funny because um, I actually was called the man who who saw Snoopy, and when I did the show, oh. and I, yeah, it, I had to get the rights for the title, and uh, they wouldn't let it. They wouldn't let it go for like three like three years. They were like, no. They kept saying, please hold up this, because that's the only thing I can imagine the title. I actually wrote the play. And I just let it sit because I thought the title was so perfect. And then finally, there was a book that came out of. Um, it's actually right over there. Uh, they're, they're about about uh, Charles Schultz. I get it up, but I don't have pants on. Uh, it's um, <laughs> right there. And uh, they, um, but there's a book uh, about Schultz. And after that book came out, they would say, "Please don't do it like the author did." And I said, "Well, let me send you it. This is what I want the title." Finally, I said, "Look, I'm not going to be." Ma and I'm, I said to him, "I'm not looking to make money off of this. I want to do something great." And um, they they let me have the, the title. I was like, Jeep, that's great, you know. That's so great. Um, the, yeah, the stories I can tell you. The things about when you do these things, the stories I can tell you, and the people that you meet are just incredible. Like I think every show, you always get one relative from somebody that comes out, and, um, and you meet somebody. Like you meet, I met a, um, I met a, I met one of Buster Keaton's, um, one of one of his, um, oh God, it was really, I think it's like his. Uh, daughter's uh his daughter's daughter who lives in massachusetts no way uh, was, yeah, yeah yeah she's on my facebook really cool uh and it's one of Luce, and oh. lucille's ball one of lucille ball's kids got in touch um you know it's, it's just nice people that you wouldn't expect i'm and so it jealous was, yeah no it's, and it, and the funny thing is they reach out to you and it's like you know or they reach out to them and then somehow uh, one of the coolest things ever, I think, was when I was doing the Bill Finger play. And this doesn't mean no one, nothing, anyone. Yeah. But Gardner, but Gardner Fox. I don't know if you know Gardner Fox. Yeah. Bill Gardner Foxes. His uh, daughter reached out to me because he's a character in the play, and it's a small so... character. And we spoke for like two hours, and she was telling me stories. And I'm like, oh my god, and you get to meet people. 
Um, Gardner, Fo- just... Gardner Fox's name is like an almost, was it like almost every Batman issue or something like that? Like yeah. Fox or Gardner is always somewhere in yeah. a Batman issue all the time. Yep, all the time. And it was so cool to get those things. One of the coolest things happening right now, though, I don't know if you know who Bob Wysick is. Um, I he's do an not he, 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 ain't, he ain't Walt Simonson back in the 80s for a long time. Oh, okay. He did, a, he did a book. He worked with Mike Mignola. He actually inked Steve Dicko. And uh, the guy's an actor. You know, it's really cool. The guy inked Steve Dicko. He, he inked everybody. George Perez. Um, oh, my look gosh. At yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you wouldn't believe this guy's inked everybody. And uh, he, he reached out to me about the Dicko play. And I'll send you the stuff. He actually invented um, – he is the first guy. I don't know if you know Iron Man 2020 is. Mm-mm. He's the guy who did the book at Iron Man. He worked with Stan Lee. He was, he's mostly an inker, though. He's worked for everybody. Uh, and he's actually going to be in the play when we do it in New York. He's actually an actor, too. He's an inker and an actor. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's, like, really cool the people you meet. But, um, yeah, and I felt – well, that's that, – anyway, I'll go back to the real point was that uh, Stan Lee, you know, is the guy everyone thinks of and when they think of Spider-Man. And, you know, if I change one person's mind, I'll be happy to do the play. Um, you know, and that's, that's the honest <laughs> truth. If I see someone say Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, I'd be like, wow, cool, you know. Like something had happened here. Maybe, maybe they learned a little something about the history rather than just presuppose that Stan Lee one day had all these ideas and, and no one to help him with. Yeah. So, um, and again, and I want to make it clear, it's not a Stan Lee bash, which some people want to turn it into sometimes. Um, I, I think I it's think, just you're just finding credit. I, I think you just, yeah. you know, like Stan Lee deserves the credit, but also yep. somebody else who also was there, you know, mm-hmm. needs need to be known as well. And I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is that, that a lot of the a lot of the fans have this idea um, that it's, it was always Steve Ditko versus Stan Lee, and that the families hate each other. Like it's like the uh, I heard the McCoys. Yeah. Of, I, it's like the McCoys and the Hatfields and everything, and that's not the case. Even with the Canes and the Fingers, I mean, I, I know Cena Finger doesn't hate the Kane family, you know. Yeah. Um, you I mean, know, also, that, I mean, that was two generations ago too. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no real hatred going on. Um, and I've spoken to the, the to to um, to one to the Dicko family, and um, who are still around, believe it or not, and they're all the same. They're all very successful people. Yeah. They're very they're in their own respective field, which is really cool. Uh, and they're really excellent people. But you meet these you meet these people, and you know you, you find out that a lot of these um, theories from the fans are just theories, and it's not yeah. really anything yeah. there, you know, which is really cool. But yeah, so that's that's the basic the whole thing. That's that's the way. That's the answer to the one question. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these rumors about animosity, like um, yeah. um, especially with Ditko and Stanley. From what I have always, you know, heard the people from the comic book industry is that mm-hmm. Steve Ditko didn't hate Stanley. I think he kind of understood it, but I mean, it, it, I think it hurts. But I think he also just kind of understood, like, this is what happens because, he, you know, there was yeah. there was the Kirby. Stan Lee thing, yeah. you know, before. So, I, you, you know, it's not like, it's yeah. not like Steve Ditko just didn't know. <laughs> yeah, know? right, right, right. So, well, um, that's, a, that's the thing, though. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's not, it's him and Stan Lee didn't get along, and it was, it was mostly about at the end of their, and it's not like they hated each other. When they were plotting Spider Man, they didn't speak to each other for a year. Yeah. And, and the thing of it is, though, it's like any other creative pursuit. I mean, I'm sure you have those people you've worked with before. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, you work with them, and it's like it's just not working out. You guys can't come to that common ground. That's really all it is. Yeah, it's not like they're going around going, "Oh, Stanley, all day." I'm sure you know it like, wasn't. It, you don't think. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way that they didn't see each other in a public place and didn't shake hands and say, "Hey, yeah. you know, hey, how are the kids? How are you? How's how's the life?" Yeah, exactly. Um, just yeah. Like and, I, I think know, I think probably well, 
Yeah, I mean, there. I think there have been some some in the past with, with comics. Like, I mean, um, you know, like what we'll talk about with Bill Finger and Bob Kane, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, there it was more of just like negligence and betrayal, but. Well, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll introduce for people listening. I, I'd written a play about. Um, uh, <laughs> about and, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm going to introduce. I wrote a play about the creation of Batman, um, and that is. That's something I want to bring back because I don't feel – I know we get a lot of, like, press and everything, but I've always kind of – it sounds weird, but I've kind of always hated the script a little bit. Because really? I wrote it, I, well, the reason is, and I'll tell you why, I actually wrote a better script. Um, when we did, originally did the play, um, I had a screenplay written about it, and then I was working for a theater that says, we need a play that's going to open up our theater. And they said, well, I could – I, you know, I'm not getting anywhere with the screenplay. Why don't I write a play? And put it into play form. I actually wrote the script in six weeks, and um, I don't like doing things that fast. Usually, like yeah. I usually like to take the things marinate, and, I, and it, it almost it was exhausting. And I don't feel I lo- I know everybody loved it, but it is a very the one I wrote is a very straightforward uh, play in a way that it could be better. And I know people okay. loved it, and people are coming back and seeing it. But all I saw all I saw thought there was like oh, I'm disappointed. Not that I was disappointed with it. The actors were fine. Everyone yeah. did a fine job. I just feel like I could have done deeper. And I actually did write a script. And it's become like, very close to getting produced to a couple times. Like, the play was fine. You, I, you just, you wish, you wish there were just different words and different beats. Like, it had nothing yeah, to, it yeah, had nothing yeah, to yeah, do exactly. with the directing. It didn't have anything, yeah. n- nothing about the production. It was more of you just like, you know, like, like what you said, I can do this better. I can do this better. And I knew as the one play I still feel about, it. I'm like, I can do this better. And when the moment I can, I know when I can do it better, I will do that show again. And I yeah. promise you that it will be better. That's <laughs> but awesome. I, and I, and I, that's what I will redo. I don't really redo stuff, but I have a better script in me than the one that everyone saw. Because I know because I've, I've read it afterwards. And I'm like, oh, this is the one I want to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> better than what people saw. And with, um, with doing the Bill Finger uh, play that came out, it's a lot harder finding things about Bill Finger because he was alone for so many years. Yeah. You know, he had a kid that really nobody knew about and then a granddaughter that nobody knew about. Like she only had yeah. like a blip of an idea. Yeah. You know, she didn't she didn't fully grasp as to who her I mean, if you've seen if anybody's seen the documentary um right. in Batman and Bill, uh it yeah. it's easily one I think one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And you oh, are, are you are you part of that documentary uh, at all? I actually I was I was gonna be interviewed for it. Um they ran out of space because you only can interview so many people for that documentary. I am in the credits though if you notice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you were there for the you were there for the, when they put the Bill Finger uh, street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Funny because for a long time um you know Mark Nobleman was working alone. And then suddenly there was like this small group that kind of formed of like, you know, 10 or 15 people that kind of formed in. And it was like, you know, Roberto Williams, who wrote a play about um, the creation of Batman, which was very different than mine. It wasn't about Bill Finger. It was more about the creation of Batman, how they move into this. And um, he wrote a play, but it was mostly for, it was mostly for younger audiences. And I really respect what he did, but it was completely different. Yeah. Uh, and then um, there was a guy, Travis Langley, who's around the conventions. You'll see him around a lot. He was part of that, and it was like, I'll say Arlen Schumer was part of that. So it was like a lot of people that kind of formed at that same time as Mark was doing his thing. And Mark will be the first one to tell you that he was just the person who kind of organized the ground troops, basically. <laughs> um, you know, and he, but he was the first. Like, but the thing that Mark did, which made it very nice when I was doing the play, 
is that he made all of his research publicly known in the public domain. Yes. I think he up. even says that in the documentary too, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah he's like, this is this is what it needs to be. And Mark's a great guy. Like we um we just hung out in San Diego. He's really just an awesome dude. Oh. I, every so often I'll I'll email Mark and I'll be like, Mark, I have this idea and a scheme, and I'm like, oh. Uh, and that's the other thing too. If I do the if I do the uh, Bill Finger play again next year, I told Mark, I'm like, yeah, he came he came out actually. Um, we did the first one. He hung out with us. It was awesome. It was great. That's so cool. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mark Mark's a great guy. If you email him, he'll he'll you know he'll just. He's amazing, but um. Mark, please he, let me um, interview you. <laughs> yeah, no, he would. No, he would do it. He would absolutely do it. Just send him to, if you want to. After this, after this is over, I'll send you his email to say, Mark. Let I me love say, you. Let me, <laughs> really seriously, no, seriously, I'll, I'll introduce you guys. If you want? Uh, like, look, he wants to talk to you. He's the coolest dude in the world, and it's like you know, <laughs> and like, and he'll 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 be the first to tell you that Lenny got him into another circumstance, which uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> is be the truth. Um, there's a really Mark hyper, got, there's a really hyper weird guy in California that just you just got to meet. <laughs> you got to meet him. He's perfect. He's just like me, but he does podcasts. And Mark is like cool. <laughs> um, Mark Mark was in uh, San Diego this year. And we 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 caught up, and even he'll be the first to tell you. He put it on the public domain. Yeah. So I even asked him like, can I use any of this stuff? He's like, use it all. And I said, thank you God. You That's know, so like cool. they made it. It made it so easy for me. Like he did the research, but even he even tells you to put it into a screenplay form. You have to take that time and shape that. Otherwise, um, you know, otherwise it won't, it won't work. But that was a very even the six weeks I did. I'm, I am proud of some of it, but yeah. I know I could do a better job than what appeared. But what's funny is that show has been put on by other theater companies around Rhode Island and Massachusetts, and it was like, oh, we love the script. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh god, oh god. <laughs> You just want to be like, you just want to be like, here's a better one. <laughs> here's a better one. I, I was funny because uh, I actually at one point, um, when we're not in the interview, I'll tell you a funny story because I do have a funny story. Okay, cool. Um, uh, but I'll email you. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I'll message you that one. Perfect. I you want to hear. I something I can't talk about. Uh, Absolutely. Anyway, no. Funny. Yeah. Okay. But um, <laughs> so I do want to ask. You know, uh, yeah. again, like you said, you had a lot. You now especially have so much more at your, uh, you know, disposal mm-hmm. yep. to, to do more for bill finger with steve yep. dip for steve ditko a lot of people knew him a lot of yep. people knew his stories and he was alive until last year yep. um you know and uh rest in peace you know um yeah he was he was a great creative so with him there, there's a lot more for you to kind of pull from what um in the play what years do you focus on in his life I focus on everything. Um, honestly, it's probably from like 1935 when he's in high school to um, to about, um, I would say, close to his death. I don't, I thought about adding the idea that he dies, you know, and stuff like that, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to spoil, I don't think that's the way we should end it. I thought, you know, we were thinking there, and I'm, I'm going to spoil it for people who see it because I, I don't end on the death, but that's fine. I don't mind giving the ending away, but it's, it's, not, the, it's not the climax. <laughs> There's a climax that's much better than the Joker I'm doesn't die at the end. <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what, what I did was I just, I have him literally, um, I have the character, and this is one of my favorite moments. If people see it, they'll, they'll very much enjoy this. Is that I said, I think he should, I think the last shot of Steve Ditko is him at his drawing board. Cause that's what he'd want to be. Yeah. And to me, that that to me made sense rather than saying, "Oh, he's in the ground." That would not be make a dramatic sense for Steve Ditko. Steve was always working. He was working in his, yeah. in his 90s. You know, that's where he was, and that's the Steve Ditko we knew. So I said he has to be the last shot of the, the play, no matter where we are. Same with that drawing board drawing, and that's that's it. That's absolutely that's the, um, the opening sequence. I will tell you is um, Ditko in high school. 
And yeah. it's literally the first the first page of Amazing Fantasy 15. We have <laughs> literally, literally in a freeze frame on stage. It's literally Dicko in the corner, turned like Peter Parker, and Flash. And he, I even have a Flash. His name is Tom Flash. But laughing at Dicko and the girls who like laugh. It's literally the panel recreated on stage with the actors. That's amazing. So nobody... The people, the people in Rhode Island didn't get it. I think like the two people got it. Like, that's Amazing Fantasy 15. I can see that. Nobody <laughs> got that. But I said, you know what? I got it. So it doesn't matter. But that's part of the joy, too. It's like, you know, um, when, I get into, when I'm doing a show like this, I want to make sure. So I've done other plays that haven't been comic book related. Yeah. So I want to keep those moments and make the play work for people who don't go see, you know, don't read comics. Yeah. But for those who do, it takes those little extra moments that literally one person's going to notice, <laughs> me probably. It's so worth it, and it's, yeah. like they, it's like they, they think something's going on. It's like almost like a Dicko did the designs, and uh, you get I to know like, your people. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, and that's the cool thing. And, and I made, and it works, and it works so cool like that. That's the things you have to make those little those they're Easter eggs, but yeah. they they it's you totally can't worth those, it though. Yeah, it's totally worth it when you can pull it off. Like you know, the people the, the people who got the things that you throw in there like went to everybody and talked about it, which is like yeah. the coolest thing in the world. That's right, exactly. Right, right, right. So <laughs> the New York crowd will get it. The New York crowd will definitely get it. But yep. the Rhode Island crowd is just like, wow, he he staged that kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, was um, was Steve Ditko? Um, you know, again, like I said, you know, he knew so many people, and everybody knew, knows his story. Was there yeah. any, was who was like the one person that you can talk about that like came out of nowhere, or it was like that one person you're like, I don't think I could ever talk to this person, and then they gave you just like this, the coolest story. Oh my God! I mean, there were a few of them. Um, I'm trying to think the best the best stories have come out of that. Um, I mean, Bob Weisick definitely. Bob Weisick was on the phone with me uh, <laughs> last. Yeah, he was he was a guy who just literally sat there like he he's like I ain't Dicko, I know Dicko, and he, and he tell me stories. Another guy who told me some cool stories is actually the creator of Bloodshot, uh, Kevin Van Hook. Really. Um, yeah, yeah, he he worked at Valiant when uh, he, when he first worked at Valiant because Dicko worked at Valiant, and he told me a funny story about him and Jim Shooter. Oh um, my God, Jim, I love Jim Shooter. Yeah, yeah, Jim Shooter, Jim Shooter's amazing, and uh, Jim Shooter was like, you know, Dicko came into the office, and he's like, oh, you know, um, there's talking, and they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're talking, Kevin's like sitting there, <laughs> and Shooter goes over to Kevin, and he's like, because I guess Dicko smelled, like I think he has this, this an odor to him or something. <laughs> And then Jim Shooter looks at him, puts his hand on Kevin's shoulder, and he says, "He goes, Kevin, how do you how do you tell your idol that you know he smells? <laughs> you know." <laughs> and so that I mean, so many cool stories. But everyone, the funny thing is that everybody had a, a as a Dicko story. Like if they if they if they're into comics, they have a Dicko story. And the yeah. ones, it's and it's funny that everyone has their own possessive kind of Dicko story too. A lot of the hardcore fans are just like, you know, they're like, he was a private guy. Like, this is uh, there's a controversy going on online right now. I don't know if you've seen it, but I guess in the newest issue of Alter Ego, someone took two pictures of Steve Ditko. And um, the, I guess they're saying it was against his will or whatever. Uh, but, then it was, but then it was published in the magazine. And I don't even know what's going on, but he was so private that the people were defending him, basically. Wow. Um, yeah, even with the play itself, I even um, – there was a thing posted online about – about because we got put on a Newsarama, and someone posted a Newsarama article, and someone says – someone put it in me, it's like, oh, 
the people who are creating this play are looters and uh, thieves. And I said, awesome, they're talking about me. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I'm a looter and a thief. And then, but I'm like, well, well, we're donating all our proceeds to the comic book legal defense fund. Uh, anything we make on this play, no one's making anything, which I found really funny. It was even in the article that the guy posted. And I'm like, it goes to, so everything's going to charity, basically. Because I don't So he just started attacking a charity, essentially. What's, well, basically, yeah, that's what I thought. They found really, they found amazing. And then I was like, well, Steve, you know, Steve would never approve this and all these things. And I'm like, and at a certain point, I want to kind of join them and be like, yeah, they're right. You know, I agree with you guys. But at the same token, I'm kind of like, the thing is, is that these people don't realize is that it's, it's, it's the problem with this country is, honestly, I'm going to sound awful, but white older men. Uh, and yeah. I'm becoming one quick. I mean, as far I mean, I'm growing old, but hopefully I never turn into one. What I mean, <laughs> what I mean by that though is, guys who don't realize that, you know, they have these opinions. They're 60 years old. Like, how dare we do it to Steve Ditko and all these things? I'm like, that's but it's so close-minded. Guys. They're not seeing everything for the bigger pitch, picture. Well, they're the, not seeing. Right, right. The bigger picture being is that you have you have. We had somebody who came to watch the show during rehearsal. Didn't know anything about what the show was about. Just wanted to sit down and relax. Yeah. We were using another space. And he saw the show, and he was like, in his, he was like 19 years old. And this is the reason why we do the show, is because um, he was 19 years old, saw the show, saw the first act, and at the end of it, he goes, "Is any of this true?" And I was like, "Everything of it's true, right?" Yeah. And he goes, and he, he's like, "I'm not, a, I'm not a huge comic fan. I watch the movies, but he goes, why don't people know the name Steve, Steve Ditko? It's like I thought Stan Lee created it. I thought this isn't true. He's like, it blew his mind. It's like something that was going on. But <laughs> this poor kid, I thought." I think I ruined his life, whatever. Um, but he, um, basically, I said to him, I said, yeah, it's true. But the thing that these older white males who want to, you know, say, we can't do this to Steve Ditko, we can, you know, it's all yeah. these things. The problem is, is that you're going to, they're going to be dead in like 10 or 15 years or 20 <laughs> years. And this is, this is actually the truth. And so they can fight to the bone for all these things, all they want to do. But in, 10 or 15 years, they're going to die of the grave with all the knowledge of Steve Ditko wouldn't want this. I know. And yeah. nobody, and their their quote-unquote knowledge of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and what's going to end up happening is that the history books are going to rewrite themselves. Exactly. And, 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 and it's all going to be Stanley, Stanley, and about, you know, and, and the, Stan, the great Stanley came up with all these things. And I'm not taking away anything Stanley did, but you're not, they're not going to know that Steve Ditko created the costume and then, yeah. you know, created this or created the character, or created, you know, the, you know, it's kind of like Homer and the it's kind like Homer and the Odyssey and the Iliad, you know. They, they always forget yeah. about his writing partner Harry. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, well, it's, it sounds funny, but no, he, he, he mo- I, I, yeah, I, I, that was a whole thing where I was just like, he had to have a writing partner or somebody to be there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, exactly. But and that's the, that's the thing these people don't realize. They're, they they don't realize that these these things that they think they're holding on to that they don't understand that eventually the, they're, you're going to be like, oh, Ditko didn't want this, Ditko want this, and, and they're going to forget Ditko. I was actually talking to his nephew, Mark Ditko, and because um, Mark is, Mark is, I admire Mark. Mark's a great guy. Uh, Mark took about an hour and a half with me um, during San Diego and sat with me and um, actually stood with me. I looked like, the Stickos don't sit, they stand. <laughs> and he's another one who looked at it. It's true. It's very true. Uh, he was kind of like, you know, walking around. He's like, I sit all day. I'm like, oh, here we go. He's, and he, and he, remind, you know, he reminds me of what I would think a Dicko or a Steve would look like. They're very yeah. similar as far as what I would imagine. And he said something very, very funny to me. 
And he said, and he says, look, you know, he says, we, he says, I'm working to make sure that the family name stays because um, basically in 10 years time, he says, if I don't, it will disappear forever. Yeah. And, or, or people, he said, or even worse, people will make their own legend of who Steve was. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and or, I said, or wow, miscredit him a, too. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why, that's another reason why the play is, I mean, you know, it's, the other thing too is people ask me to say, "You think Steve will, would would have liked the play?" And I would have said, "He would have freaking hated it." He would have called it. <laughs> I don't. Um, think, I don't think he, anybody would ever like a play about themselves, though. I don't think no, anybody no, I don't think would. So I well, would hate it. Oh, absolutely! I'm like, why are they making me look so good? I hate it. Turn no, it off. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, um, <laughs> there was a moment during one of my plays. I won't tell you which, but I'll tell you in private where we had uh, two of these people fighting on stage. It was very well documented they fought. And um, everyone thought it was the most dramatic scene except for the family. And, I, and, then, and then somebody asked me, like, well, why didn't they like it? Why didn't they like it? I'm like, well, nobody likes to see their grandparents fight. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, especially if they're not know, around any longer. Yeah, yeah, nobody wants to see you not around any longer. And not only that, so they fight, and then they see people applaud about it, you know, afterwards. Like, what a great performance, you know? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Like, your life kind of turns this. So I get that. Like, I completely get that. You know, it's a turn your life turns into a real joker at some yeah. point. And the person responsible with this guy, you know, you know, and, um, so I I understand that. I, I do think that Steve would have called the play a poison pill. And, but I don't think you, I, and like I said, this just from what I, I kind of discern about him. I don't think he would have affected him one way or another for his work. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that I just, I think, I think Dicko is somebody too. If you read about him, he will tell you that no matter what you're doing in life, because just like the books that were written about him, he never liked any of the books that were written about him, any yeah. of them. But he says, yeah, I won't stop you from doing it because, you know, I, I respect the, uh, someone's right to create what they want. Yeah. And I think that that's it. That's where I kind of jump off of. That's my kind of like springboard. Um, mostly because, you know, it's, it, but, but, I, but I do believe that. Mostly because I, I do believe that, you know, Dicko's story needs to be told and somebody needs to take those moments and take those, uh, yeah. take that story and just kind of put it somewhere. Even if only, you know, if it's only for 100 people, yeah. 100 people will see that. He wants you to tell he, the story. He wants you to create just like he created. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He doesn't want you to stop creating. And that was his big which thing. Is why about, gave him you know, the, which is why he gave him the ability to uh, see in the future, right? I'm just kidding. What, what's that? <laughs> That's, is that why they gave him the ability to see into the future? I'm just joking. That's right. Exactly <laughs> right. That's Steve, right Steve, exactly Steve Ditko right. not only was an amazing artist, however, he could also see the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And so. scene. And everyone's just like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> the <laughs> end. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, exactly. So, yeah. yeah I mean, as, as far as, like, the play itself, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the guys, the, the, the actors, the guys and the, the ladies who are in the show did such an amazing job that I can't even, yeah. they did all the research and everybody, everyone kind of became Dicko obsessed actually. Uh, which is As really they cool. should. The guy was amazing. Yeah. I know. If you look at what he did and, what, and the stuff he created, the way he created it, yeah. it is astonishing that he did what he did. It's it's amazing. Yeah. He's created, so, yeah. One, he's created a fan favorite for DC, like one character that people clamor for more than Batman, which is the question. Oh, that's my in, God, that's yeah. insane. That's insane. If you think, if you think about how his concepts to this very day are being are being um, are being used and everything like that, 
it's it's unbelievable actually yeah. so um i did i will say my favorite moment of the mark when i talked to mark ditko we were talking just everything about ditko and he was like you know and he read the script and i and i made i made sure i said is there anything the, the thing that he said he says look you know and i and i want to reiterate this too for anyone who's you know anyone who's listening um i can't there's no way anyone could possibly get right what happened between stanley no way no yeah. dialogue there's no way you can do that but as long as you get the the honesty behind it, and yeah. that what actually that that's when that's when you get what I feel like what actually gets close to what happens. You have to realize it's going to be, it's not going to be the real facts recur, you know, recreated or anything. They both saw it, two things completely differently. Exactly, exactly, and that's the thing. Well, that was and that was what was great. What Mark said, he says, "Look, but I know that." He says, um, "There's certain things." So I said, "If you wouldn't mind reading the script, is there anything that sticks out to you? Anything you hate?" And I even gave him the option. I said, look, if you don't like the script, even when we had, like, just let me know and I'll cut the production. I will cut the production. I will gladly do that because I know it's a very yeah. sensitive thing. And so Mark says, absolutely not. You know, that's not what we're asking. He says, there's certain things that we want to make sure that Steve is represented in the right way. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I – and he was very – I sent him the script and he says, you know – even though he says, and I know he says, you know, you know, he says, I approve it the way it is. You know, when I, when I sent it back, it was, he gave notes and he gave extensive notes. Uh, the guy should be a story editor. He's fantastic. Oh, um, that's honestly, so cool. I, I want to hire him. He's amazing. But he gave extensive notes. And I said, well, these, I said, you know, and even though he approved it, I, I said the same thing back to him. I said, look, I want to make it clear that it's entertainment. It's not supposed to be, um, you know, and it's entertainment, but it also has to be informative, too. Yeah. So and he understood that. And I really much very appreciated that. Um, a very nice, upstanding gentleman too. Oh, um, that's so very, cool. That's so good to yeah, hear. Yeah, very true to his word. Um, I hope he makes it to the show. If not, we're gonna meet up on uh, uh, in New York Comic Con. Um, but he's read it. His um, Steve Dick. And I said, you know, he, I guess he sent the script to his uh, Steve Dicko's brother actually, uh, and uh, his um, his, uh, his father, Mark's father, father. And I guess he read it. I said, if there's any problems, let me know, and I will, of course, you know, accommodate the best I can. And I haven't heard anything, so I'm uh, I'm. I'm excited to see, you know, uh, I'm just excited. To, I'm just excited that people are coming and actually yeah. involved in seeing this and something that's kind of unique to store that they don't really know. So um, especially for the like, comic fans know it, but for people who are just a regular person, when they see the story, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, seeing so, seeing yeah. alternative of history, you know, yeah, yeah, these yeah. two and Titans. That's well, that's it. And that, you, you, you know, what's amazing is a scene and I, I'm very happy when this happens. So we have Steve Sticko, and then suddenly Stan Lee appears into the stage. And there's a moment, there's a couple of moments where Jack Kirby appears. And oh, like, wow. And so I'm looking at them because they all knew each other. And I'm sitting I'm like, this makes sense. So I got Kirby Lee and uh, Dicko on stage. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, what do I do here? You know, like, I better not screw this up. Oh, um, man. But it's, it's incredible. But um, there is a play out there, though, about. Uh, Kirby, have you heard about this? Yeah, um, King Kirby. What was it? Yeah, King Kirby. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That, Crystal Skillman, and Fred Van Lente. It's very good. I have a scrap of copy. It's great. I, yeah, uh, because we actually we've interviewed Fred multiple times on our podcast, and we talked about and we oh. actually asked him about it too. So really? Fred is awesome. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Great so. guy. Absolutely. And Crystal's a very wonderful lady too. She's great. Uh, yeah, if you haven't spoken to her, she writes too. I'm not sure if she writes comics so she mostly, mostly writes plays and musicals now but I, I know she's written a couple comics too i'd love to talk to her and meet her so yeah she's, she's amazing so <laughs> um um before we wrap up uh when sure. does when does the uh place uh when does the play you know when's the run 
Okay, so for this run, so I have so many, so this is the other three stuff I'm doing right now. Um, so I'm doing a run in Rhode Island. So it's only going to be a couple of days in Rhode Island, a couple of days in New York that we did it last year. So we ran last year for two weeks in Rhode Island. It went very well. Uh, we're doing a, a, a two-night run in Rhode Island, kind of like a send-off, the 27th and 28th of September. Um, we're doing it at the theater I run. Uh, well, I, I don't run. I'm the, uh, I'm the, don't ask. I'm the chairman of the board <laughs> at that theater. Absolutely. And I had my own. And my my own theater company kind of we they're kind of like their resident uh, in house uh, one of their in house uh, theater companies. Yeah. And then and then we take it to New York only for two days, uh, the first and the second. Um, the cool thing is though uh, is that the the theater we're doing it is a four minute walk from the convention center. So oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So if you go up to the Javits, if you ever been to New York Comic Company, if you ever go, we're literally a Next four year, minute hopefully. walk. Oh my gosh! We're, we're like it's literally you can just walk there. It's amazing. Um, not even without, without even losing any breath too. It's like, you, I think it's like two blocks from there. That's nothing. Um, yeah. I was just in New York yeah, about no. two months ago and like, I walked yeah. like a mile and a half and I was like, this is nothing. And then I came back to California and I can't even walk like three blocks. <laughs> yeah, I know to be, exactly. But, um, but yeah, but like it's a four minute walk. I mean, it's, so it's, it's accessible from the convention center. Just go off the convention center, you go straight and then we're right there. We're like the first oh, theater. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, they were very accepting to us, which is really cool. So that goes on October 1st and 2nd, just before New York Comic-Con. Uh, we did have some interest from the Comic-Con to do it there, but I had, I'm very, I became very dicko about my, what I wanted to do with it. I'm not even joking with you. It's so weird because I got something back and I actually got a... Um, dicko wouldn't do this. No, 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 like, like, right that's what I was saying. I'm like, look, if I'm going to do the show, it has to be done the way I want it to be done. Otherwise, there's no point. People are like, Jesus, you're turning into Steve. I'm like, I have to be because yeah. what else am I going to do, you know? Um, so then that ends on the first and the second. Then um, I'm also rehearsing for another show right now, actually, that I've written uh, about um, Seduction of the Innocent. I don't know if I told you about that. No, not yet. Uh, yeah, so it's about the Frederick Wortham uh, from the 1950s. Have you ever heard about this? Mm-mm. You haven't heard? You never, so in the 1950s, you've heard that comic, the theory that comic books are bad for children? Yes. Okay, so you know that theory. Um, but um, So there was a book in the 1950s called Seduction of the Innocent. There's a guy named Frederick Wortham. Um, you know, he wrote a book about how comic books are bad, and it's how the comics code was was formed, the comics code authority. Huh. And, yeah, so it's, it's a play about... Uh, a very neglected time, part in history where um, Tom, well, basically, I don't know if you knew this, but like, um, so where I live in Rhode Island, yeah. about 40 minutes from here, they were burning uh, comic books in schoolyards. I'm not even joking. Like, like three years after the oh war ended. You didn't know about this? It's no. It's Time Magazine, but if you look up, look up in Time Magazine, I'll send you some pictures. So he had become a, th- he, had, he had a theory that he became an opportunist that said comic books were bad for kids. And that they're harmful and that they're becoming violent. And he did all this research and he faked his research. And um, this, yeah. this actually happened. Sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, so, but, but he took it to Congress and, and basically uh, the United States government um, put together the Comic Code Authority. People lost their jo- jobs. Uh, things were regulated. If you, um, he had a theory that Batman was gay and that he was, uh, he was raping Robin and all these things. This is actually going on. And, it wasn't just one place burning book, burning comics. It was about it was going on all over America, basically, probably where wow. you live too. Um, they were taking uh, graphic uh, books at that point, comic books, and they were piling them up six feet high in the schoolyards and just burning them, and having kids so, burn them. And burn. This is one reason why so many comics just didn't are just not around anymore. Then, 
Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it killed a lot of the jobs in the fifties. Well, I know. I, um, I, I, I mean, like, like just older comic books. Like, why they're just so hard to find now? Well, it's so hard to find. Well, comic books used to have like print runs of like a hundred, like a million, basically. Yeah. And um, they, they were, back in the forties and fifties, they were selling. Like right now, I think like if you sell a million for a uh, for a comic book, like you know, like Marvel. Um, I had a big anniversary, and they were pushing for like a million copies. I don't know if you heard this thing. They were pushing for a million copies. Or when, um, remember when X-Men came out with the Jim yeah. Lee one? That was like a huge thing. It sold so many copies. Or Spider-Man number one with McFarlane. But those were those were monthly back in like the 40s and the 50s. Comics were just selling. They, they had distributions. And, and so here's something that's cool. They had distributions with the newspaper stands. They had to sell a certain amount. So they were sell, they were printing millions of these things. So Superman was selling a million copies a month. If you can imagine Crazy. this, right? It's crazy. But then this guy came along. And um, what's funny about this thing, guy, but he was this one guy who was an opportunist, uh, and he took he took what he could and rose in the ranks, much like a president we know. So or uh, or, or I wasn't was go less political and say Harold Hill from the Music Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. Right, but yeah. I, I like yours as well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right. But 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 it's, but it was funny because well, this guy, I mean, he. He destroyed lives, uh, and it did lead to a formation of something that uh, was basically rooted in evil. Basically, it's like it's, a, it's, a, it's an yeah. evil chapter in America's history. But uh, from there, we got Mad Magazine. Like, um, you know, we got we got different things from that. And and I, honestly, the Comics Code was abolished. I think what in like um, 2011. I think they finally abolished it. Yeah. Um, so it took like it took that many years to get rid of it, like almost like what 50 years, I think. Yeah. Crazy. So it took, yeah. mo- it took also, movies to essentially push it. What's that? It essentially, took movies to push it. Well, that was it. Yeah, yeah. That that was it. The movies in, in the comic book field, but Wortham was kind of went kind of crazy. He actually tried to. So after he destroyed the comic book industry, like gutted it, like he gutted Ugh. the industry. And not only that, just for like one guy being an opportunist. He actually turned his attention to TV and in movies. He was going to write a, a seduction of the innocent kind of book, and Hollywood was like, "No, no way. We will, we will, we cannot have this. <laughs> like, you're going to ruin an entire another industry." Yeah. And they literally, there was too much, like, there's too much money on the line. We cannot let you, we cannot let you continue, and it kind of destroyed like his life down. It's a really kind of a sad tale of one guy who literally goes in, in goes almost insane to take down something, and you. We actually we kind of explore the reasons why in there too, so it's really a kind of crazy show. Um, and uh, and then yeah, so that's that's it. And in the spring, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing another thing, but then I'm also uh, next year. I'm, I really what I'd like to do if this thing works out in New York, I'd like to take one comic book related show before New York Comic Con and form a relationship with this theater. Um, and they're very cool. And do I think the next one would be the Bill Finger one? I want to take it to New York. I want to redo that new script. Right. New script, bigger, you know. Bigger, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really want to do it right, and then I, and then maybe we'll, or maybe we'll take up Seduction of the Innocent. I don't know, but what I really feel like I before I before I pass from this mortal coil, I must do one more Bill Finger. <laughs> you're forty. You're forty-two. You're fine. <laughs> oh, fine. No, exactly. Holy, yeah. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll make it to at least forty-five. Let's hope. <laughs> I hope older. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Yes. But anyway. So yeah. So. <laughs> well. Well. Thank you, sir. This has been great. Yeah. This has been so much fun. I'll have you on again. Um. Like we'll, we'll talk about after the run. How about let's. Uh. I'll. We'll do a follow up after New York Comic Con. 
Sounds good, my friend. I love it. Thank Alrighty. you so much for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. And wait, what's the theater uh, called in the run again once more? Sure, sure. It's October 1st and 2nd. It's at Theater Lab on three, uh, 357th. Oh, no, it's on not 356th Street. 36th Street, 357 36th Street in New York. Alrighty. Uh, it's called Theater Lab. Uh, tickets are 15 bucks online, 20 at the door. Uh, there will be some surprises. I won't tell you who from the comic field, but I'll oh, tell you God. in private. That's amazing that I've already confirmed. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> That's amazing. If you're going to be in New York Comic Con or if you're going to be in New York, please go to this. It's amazing. Leonard is an amazing playwright. I saw the Bill Finger, uh, the play that you sent me, and it's un unbelievable, and I can't wait for the newer one. And <laughs> um, this this is fantastic. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Thank uh, you thank so much you, for sir. being here. And, thank, you, uh, thank you for having me. We'll We'll talk to you next month. We'll talk to you next month, sir. Thank you. Have a good night, sir. You have a good night, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a treat. Uh, I can't wait to uh, hear more about it after it happens and uh, the future of, you know, Lenny and a little bit more of that new play coming out. So thanks for listening in. You can check out all of our shows and offerings on our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com. You can also go to our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter for more. All You know, we're going to have a lot more content coming out this month. It's going to be insane. The music has been provided by Midnight Shinigami. And uh, you can listen to all of our podcasts on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on everything, on all the stuff. If you can't find us, let us know, because I want in on that. Come and join the gathering. Have a great week, and GGG.